Rashad Jennings set records at Liberty University and had an eight-year NFL career, something only he thought he was capable of. While he was raised in a Christian home, he didn't have much of a relationship with his father until he was an adult. After his football career ended, he became a champion on Dancing with the Stars, has made multiple guest appearances on the show, and even a guest appearance on Family Feud. He's now a motivational speaker and author, and he's my guest on this edition of Suit Up. Coming up right after this. This is Mitch Wilburn, preaching minister at the Park Church of Christ, proud sponsor of Suit Up. I'd like to extend an invitation to you to join us for worship at the park. We are a Bible-based church that loves the Lord and loves people. We have one service on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., and that's followed by classes for everyone from newborn to 100 years of age. The park sits on a rather large lot near the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike and offers a Sunday evening service at 6 p.m., and Wednesday night we meet at 7 p.m. Our youth have their own building with multiple men and women leading them, And our kids, age 1 to 5th grade, have their own educational wing that even has its own working carousel and ice cream parlor. And I love both. Kevin, the host of this podcast, is in charge of our sports ministry that goes on all year round with basketball, volleyball, softball, great activities. So come see us at the park on the corner of Garnett and the Creek Turnpike or check us out on the web at parkplaza.org. Talk about your hometown, you know, back in Virginia. Go ahead and start, if you could, from, you know, birth and talk about uh, living in that part of the country and what your family life was like, you know, up to, uh, you know, maybe junior high or so. From a little town called Forest, Virginia, and it's uh, very self-explanatory. <laughs> um, I grew up around animals and trees i actually understood animals before people and i'm still trying to figure out people so <laughs> if you figure that out before me let me know um but yeah very small town horses in the backyard i was an overweight chubby kid you know happy glasses asthma um i had a 0.6 gpa uh at one point in time and i had an inspiration to make it to the nfl and uh, some somehow, way or another, you know, through a long story that happened. Uh, I'm one of three. I have two older brothers. They're both um, 10 and 14 years older than myself. Uh, I feel like I was the whoops. Here we go again, baby. <laughs> and uh, my parents, you know, have been sharing their emotions towards each other for years. And, you know, didn't have any kids. They didn't think they could have any more. And here I am. So, um uh, you know, I was, my mom calls me the space baby. You know, they went to the doctors one day and she didn't feel well uh, in her later 30s. And they said, ma'am, you're pregnant. <laughs> and uh, my dad asked a silly question, said how. So we, um, you know, that's me. Um, easy going guy. Um, grow up not asking, no warning for much. Uh, I don't come from wealth. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm an average dude by far. I tell people, and, you know, I've I've been able to become a living witness that uh, dreams still come true for ordinary people that uh, work hard, diligent, um, keep God in their life, uh, stay persistent. Was church a part of growing up in Virginia? Yeah, it was. I used to go to church every Sunday morning. Uh, Whether I wanted to or not, he was going to go. And I I grew up going into Sunday school 
having more questions and than answers and probably uh you know looking back on some of the questions I, I laugh at myself but um yes church was definitely a big part of of growing up um baptist and you know it's funny because I, I question everything i question every person i question every law i question every religion i question i got tons of questions so you know i I look forward and scared the day I have kids because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to have to have answers for them. <laughs> but, um, you know, the beautiful thing that I share with my faith is that, um, you know, it's not because I'm living on somebody else's faith that it was taught to me. Uh, I went against it and questioned it in every single angle I could. Um, but questioning it made me find every answer. So uh, that's what's made my, my faith very sturdy. You talked about a minute ago about being a chubby kid with asthma and glasses, and uh, I love your your introduction in your book, The If in Life, and this is the reason, actually, that I even called you to be on this program and on this podcast was because I bought the book at my local Mardell's and really enjoyed the read, but it started off with really an inspirational story that by golly, you wanted to play running back, and you just weren't going to say no. This is a very true, <laughs> true statement, <laughs> assessment, man. I, I definitely went against the grain um, from from all facets, but I was determined um, to play that position. I actually was better, I believe, as a linebacker, uh, but it, it was something about the position I just wanted to play. Now we're going to talk more about your uh, professional career here in a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about that determination. Um, and where did that come from? And you talk about this, this idea of always, you know, wanting to question things. Where did those ideas come from and how did they develop? Well, yeah, working backwards, the questioning everything. Um, I, I think that's just kind of in my DNA. Um, we, you know, we, we're all products of our environment. We're products of our parents, and um, we share bloodlines, and there's traits and genes that's passed down. And then there's also individuality that makes us who we are. And uh, I think, you know, the questioning really is just me. Because um, I, I, I can't explain where it comes from besides the, the drive to want to understand the origin and truly um, know what it is, know the reason why I'm supposed to learn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a philosophical thinker. Um, I double majored in psychology and sociology. Like, that's just me. I, I, I'm, I'm right now getting licensed to become a premarital and marital counselor. I love people. I love listening. I love finding solutions. So, I'm a people person. I'm a people watcher. So, I mean, that's just kind of me. Um, but the determination really came from <clears throat> my relationship with my father, um, my earthly father. And um, it's, you know, I my dad was in the Air Force. He went to the Air Force. He retired. Uh, he, he went through strong PTSD. Um, and... My my older brothers grew up with a different father than me. You know, a ten and fourteen year year gap of parenting um, leads to 
a different adolescence with a different parent, especially when he's retired. And, you know, he, 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 he went through a dark time of alcohol and smoking is really the only thing that he did. And that's what I grew up with. Um, my other brothers grew up with a very disciplined oriented family guy. And I grew up with a, a dad that was kind of just there, mm-hmm. um, but just drinking and smoking. And uh, I, I, I had asthma and, <laughs> the smoking triggered it. And it was one particular day. I tell this because this is like a major pivot in my life. Um, I was hospitalized when I was 13 years old, had a strong asthma attack and, you know, I barely could breathe. It's really, I don't know if anybody's ever had an asthma attack. If you have, you understand that feeling, but just imagine that you're underwater and uh, you have a rope and some rocks tied to you. And you're really, really struggling to breathe. It's a scary thing. And um, I'm hooked up to tubes and needles. And, you know, I'm fighting for my life, much less what I do with my life at this point. And the doctors have talked to my parents and gave some advice. Suggested, obviously, that my dad no longer smoke around his son. Long story short, I get out of the hospital. We have to check ventilators and change how I was eating and all kind of things. I was bad off, but so my dad started to smoke outside. Two weeks later, you know, comfortably starts to smoke inside again. And uh, me suffering like I was and did and witnessing it kind of hurt me. And I was in my room and I could see, I could, excuse me, I smelled the smoke steaming through the vents while I was in my room. And I started to choke up. So I put a pillow over my face and I walk upstairs I knock on his door, and he didn't answer it. I open it. He's in the corner drinking and smoking like he always does. And it was that day that I asked him, and I removed the pillow from my face, and I said, Dad, can you stop smoking and drinking to be there for me? He took a puff of his smoke, took a sip of his drink. He looked at me and said, Rashad, what do you want to do when you get older? And... You know, this is the first time my dad's ever asked me that, so I'm excited to tell him. Um, we get to have this conversation. Uh, but part of me, I can see that he's just been very arrogant. So, you know, at 13 years old, the big red rim glasses, overweight kid, um, you know, eczema skin, I, I, I take a shot and I tell him. I say, Dad, I want to play running back in the NFL one day. And... He took a puff of his smoke, took a sip of his drink, um, and he asked me, every shot, do you think you can make it to the NFL without smoking or drinking yourself? Uh, and he had the face kind of like, who are you to ask me, you know, not to drink and smoke in my own house? And with tears in my eyes, I looked at him. I said, just to prove you wrong, I'm never going to do it. And I'm 35. I've never drank alcohol a day in my life. I've never smoked a day in my life. I made it to the NFL. <laughs> and him watching his little knucklehead kid prove him wrong, uh, he ended up quitting and quit drinking and smoking himself. And that prolonged his life, um, which he lost just this year, um, right before the COVID really emerged in March. Um, but it's... Um, it's a, it's a, it, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. And me and my dad, by the way, we had, we had ended up having a great relationship too, as well. Um, it's, it's a very unique story. I got a chance to dance for him on 
Dancing with the Stars is the most memorable moment. We share tears all the time and laugh all the time. But it was that point that the anger that I had, and I tell people this all the time, <clears throat> anger is a powerful, powerful emotion. The anger that I had towards my father, I could have used that in several different ways. Anger is a tool. It's a fuel. You decide what tank you put it in. I used it as motivation. Um, fortunately, my anger towards my dad, just to prove him wrong, kept me away from so many uh, potential problems as a kid. You know, um, we all know what comes with drinking and smoking, especially as an immature child, um, immature adult. Um, and the, it, so I'm thankful. And I uh, turned that into love towards him over time. And so, you know, that's been a big motivation for me. Uh, it's just to prove my dad wrong. And, um, you know, I, I, and even now today, like I still have that spirit in me that always wants to prove somebody wrong, um, good or bad. You know, that's just kind of in my DNA as well. Talking with Rashad Jennings, former NFL running back. Uh, also, as he just mentioned, Dancing with the Stars champion. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in a minute as well. Also author of uh, The Life, uh, The If in Life. And we're going to also get more uh, towards the end of our conversation uh, about your children's books uh, that you're writing as well. Uh, also appeared on uh, one of my wife's favorite programs, and that is... Uh, um, Oh, Family Feud. Family Feud. I don't know why that couldn't, I could not find the name in my head. But yes, you were on Family Feud. Uh, so you, listen, you've had a lot of great experiences after your playing days are over. And, and again, I want to touch on a lot of those things. But I want to go back to high school, if I could. And, and we'll kind of run through this a little bit uh, fast. It's, it'd be up to you, Rashad, how much you want to talk about this. But um, you had some decisions that had to be made. And one of those was you know, where you were going to go to high school and play high school football. Uh, then, and then where were you going to play college football? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been, when I, when you bring it all to me, I look at it and say, yeah, I guess it has been a lot. You don't think about it in the moment. Um, but that decision for high school to transfer was a big one. Um, I transferred from a public school to a private school my junior year. Um, I repeated my, um, Repeated my junior year at a private school, and I took nine homeschool classes, nine summer school classes on top of the regular academics, um, and I stopped making excuses. I stopped blaming people. I started making, uh, taking ownership and responsibility, and um, the rest is really history from that. But those, those moments, and prior to, again, like I'm, I was a fifth-string running back. Like I, I tell people that, and I think he goes in one ear and not the other. Um, <laughs> string running back doesn't play. Matter of fact, there was only four running backs on the team. They just made a fifth just to shut me up because I wanted to play running back. So it was like, whatever. It, you can be whatever is last on the depth chart uh, under that, <laughs> just to give you the title. And I felt good about myself because I was like, hey, I'm the fifth running back, but I didn't tell people that. Rashad, when they looked on the roster, the the, the initials next to your name were RB. Yeah, that's it. That's all I know. <laughs> so when I tell people, when I see people at, I go used to go to this little uh, uh, skating rink called Fun Quest, right? And people are like, oh, you know, a little conversation. Hey, what school you go to? Oh, you play sports? 
I'm like, yeah, I play running back. I never told anybody what was it. I mean, uh, what, what string? <laughs> what on the depth chart. <laughs> I was proud of myself. I finally made it uh, to the position in the room. So, you know, uh, I transferred because there was one, and I'll make this very short because it's, it's very long and it's very entertaining, but the short version, my last last game junior year at the public school, Jefferson Forest High School, playing against our rival, Brookville Bees. Last game. We win. They get kicked out of the playoffs. We lose. It doesn't matter because we don't have a shot to go in the playoffs. And his hometown rival was packed out. A starting running back was named Quincy Freeman. There was a Tennessee scout to watch him play because he had an opportunity to play at the collegiate level. He's a really good player. So, boom, game starts. First play, we get the ball. Our, 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 our starting running back gets hurt. That second string goes in. Two plays later, he gets hurt. <laughs> the next series, our third string running back gets hurt. We put back in the first string running back, taped up his ankle. He couldn't play. He's out. We're down to the fourth. Fourth string running back goes in. This is all in the first quarter. He gets hurt. <laughs> We're down to the fifth. Quarter, uh, the high, the, the, our, our, excuse me, our head coach looks around. Has his eye contact with me on the sideline. Immediately looks away. Finds a wide receiver and puts him in at running back instead of me. That wide receiver went to go in there and play running back. He gets hurt. All in the first quarter. This is not made up. This is documented. I don't know how this happened. They had no choice but to put me in. He upset. Coach said, Jenna's getting the game. I'm scrounging around. Listen, when I tell you I never played, listen, I, I mean I never played. I used to take out my thigh pads and my knee pads and stuff inside the pouch, M&M candy, Sprite, <laughs> like popcorns and stuff. And me and my buddy Speedy, he, he was terrible too. He His name was Speedy. He didn't earn the name. He was a complete opposite. But me and him didn't play. So we used to have a party on the sideline and watch the game. So <laughs> they put me in. I don't know where my helmet's at. I, I got Skittles and red stuff all over my white pants. I grab a random helmet. Right, I go in, the, the mouthpiece is dangling. I'm like, this isn't mine. I'm not going to put it in. So I'm in there with a helmet too big, no mouthpiece, and, and remnants of M&Ms all over my pants. The team says, Shaw, what are you doing in here? I said, everybody's hurt. We got to go. Call the play, first play. I get the ball. I make two people miss, score a 40-yard touchdown. Come back to the sideline. When the third string got healthy, they played him a little bit. He wasn't getting a job done. They said, Jennings, get back in. I scored another touchdown on offense. Similar situation on defense. People was getting hurt left and right. They put me on defense. First play, I sacked the quarterback. He fumbles. I pick it up. Another 40-yard touchdown. <laughs> in the last in, – in, to end the game, it is 24-21. They're winning. All they have to do is run the clock out. Fourth quarter is a minute left. They run the ball, timeout, second down. Run the ball, timeout, third down. All they got to do is run two more plays, game over. They got cute on third down. They decided to run a screen play. I'm playing defense and end. I see it. I sniff it. I get in the way. I intercept it. And I score a fourth touchdown in the game. We win. Four <laughs> touchdowns, two on offense, two on defense. I only played 14 total plays with a helmet that wasn't mine. <laughs> that, that, that Tennessee scout saw me playing that game, came to me and said, Rashad, I came to watch the starter, but I couldn't help but to notice you. <laughs> I didn't even see you on the roster. 
<laughs> and he asked me, he said, Rashad, how are your grades? And I had to tell him the truth that I had a point six. And he said, Rashad, you got potential to play at the collegiate level. Get your grades right. And for the first time in my life, somebody outside of the people that's going to support me no matter what, my family, you know, a couple – couple couple te- one teacher that's just always nice to everybody somebody saw something in me from a credible source right for the first time in my life i'm no longer he didn't say you know you're too slow you're too this you're too, he said you have potential and i i transferred to another school that's when i that's when what i said kicked in repeated my junior year um stopped making excuses you know no, no, nothing else from that point i got a fresh start I never turned back around and kept that attitude with me, even to today. It is funny, isn't it, Rashad? You can look back on your life and you can see God's handprint in so many different ways. But here was a way for you to have the kind of game that you had and then to get that piece of of information from that uh, college recruiter that would then set you on a path. And it, it is awesome to look back and see where God was moving in one's life. Well, first, I've always asked God to do things in my life in which that I cannot possibly take credit for. And he has and has continued beyond just a sport. I um, transferred after going to Pittsburgh University, earning a scholarship from the story I told you before, how hard it was to get there, and uh, fortunate to do it. I transferred from Pittsburgh University to Liberty University um, on behalf of my father's illness. He, at that time, had to get a leg amputated. Um, and, you know, 19 years old at the time, I'm at Pittsburgh University. I'm excited. I finally earned a scholarship. I'm here. I'm starting as a true freshman and one of only four at the time to do it. Uh, and I get a phone call from my mom that was a downer that my father had to get his leg amputated. And I'm obviously I'm a, I'm a mama's boy to the fullest and you know, I love family. Um, whether we agree or disagree, uh, I always will cover and love family. It's just, that's part of, that's just me. And even though me and my dad didn't have the best relationship, I wanted to be there to help him. And so I transferred from Pitt, a big school, an opportunity to go to the next level. I'm a little bit closer. I transferred to Liberty, which is a very small school at the time, um, by my house. And ironically enough, the head coach, the old head coach of Liberty University told me when I was in high school, I wasn't good enough to play at college. So it's funny. <laughs> but I transferred to Liberty and um, to be there for my mom, my dad, and helped him through that situation. And I, I see how, you know, little things like honoring a mother and their father, you know, you find out that the world is round. If you continue, to, if you constantly are doing good for people, it comes back to you. Um, you know, a lot, I talk to a lot, a lot of people in that situation. Uh, if If somebody's bottled up so much anger, um, you know, with me and my father, why would you go transfer out of a great position to go backwards to be there to help? Because uh, family's more important than my emotion. Um, and, you know, I'm thankful that <clears throat> God's commitment to the throne was more important than his emotion. 
of what he went through, which I can imagine the torture. And so, you know, commitment is, is, is a strong word that I rarely use. Uh, cause I think how we use it is again, I'm, I'm philosophical, right? So I don't, <laughs> I don't think people can use the word commitment to identify thyself. Um, I think commitment is a word that is used to describe what you see. Um, and it's a long story of why, I've, if I went through it, a light might cut on, but that's how I use the word commitment. I saw Jesus was committed. Um, and, you know, that was a great example of what it's supposed to look like. Um, and so for me, man, just really, family is important to me, coming back at that time, um, being there, but it also molded my belief as a believer going to a Christian university. Uh, it continued to build on the platform um, that I already had, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, then, I tra- then I had an opportunity to get picked up in the NFL, play with the Jacksonville Jaguars for four years, and the Oakland Raiders for one, and New York Giants for three, and uh, retire a happy camper, man. I, I tell you, play- I tell everybody, playing in the NFL for myself is like sneaking into a VIP party. And you're just waiting on the bouncer to kick you out. Like, you know you don't have the right wristbands. And so you're just going to party it up until somebody comes, tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And it took the NFL eight years to figure out I wasn't supposed to be there. So I'm very thankful. (laughs) You know, some of the things that came out of being an NFL player, one was participating in Dancing with the Stars. And I actually went to Wikipedia Rashad, to to look at some of the dances that you had to perform because you had to do 10. You made it all the way to the finals and won. And, I mean, you had to do the cha-cha, the Viennese waltz, samba, foxtrot. Had you ever done any of those dances at all prior to Dancing with the Stars in 2017? Heck no. Listen, <laughs> man, I didn't know the first thing about dance. So one thing about me, I'm a true autodidact, despite the point six, I'm addicted to learning. And every offseason in the NFL, besides sitting with my financial advisor and preparing for the aftermath of football of when it's over, I treated every offseason like that was the last year I played. Right? So I would always structure my life, hey, I'm done playing football. After year one, I'm done. Year two, I'm done. And then eventually I'm going to be right. And it just took eight years for me to be right. The also, in addition to that, I pick up a new art or craft to learn. So the first all season, I picked up the guitar and learned how to play. John Mayer is what inspired me to play. I think is amazing. Um, the second all season, I picked up card tricks. You know, a boatload of magic tricks. <laughs> I'm fun at parties. Promise you. <laughs> if <clears throat> the next all season, I picked up archery, Olympic style. The next all season, fencing, Olympic style. The next all season, poetry. The next, so every offseason, I picked up something brand new just to learn on my free time. And then this last offseason, I met, I met one of my buddies, Shindigs, and it's, it, we're just hanging out at the house, and there's a commercial that comes on, and these people are moving across the screen to some music in a way I've never seen before. I thought it was really cool. I'm staring at the TV, and I say, yo, that is crazy. What, is, what are they doing? One of my buddies happened to know something about dance, said, oh, that's ballroom. I said, what the heck is ballroom? They said, oh, well, they're doing a cha-cha. I said, what the heck is cha-cha? 
And so <laughs> they inspired me to learn dance. So actually I went to a local studio because I trained in Fort Lauderdale every all season for about five hours in the morning. And then I'm free for the rest of the afternoon. So one day after training, I went straight to, I Googled local ballroom studios nearby. I went to the quickest one I could find. I walked in, I have on a tank top, sweaty, this old, like just bulked up dude walking to a little boutique dancing studio. I opened the door. Everybody's in ballroom frame and some gentle music. And I'm like, big burly sweating dude like i didn't know what i was doing i don't know anything about this world and so much i laugh now because i think about how i asked um to learn uh, somebody said hello how may i help you i said yes ma'am i'm looking for the cha-cha it was like <laughs> like you don't look for the cha-cha <laughs> i didn't even know how to ask right the cha-cha finds you man <laughs> right <laughs> She laughed, and uh, I'm thankful. She pulled me aside. She said, um, are you looking for, to learn the cha-cha? I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, would you like uh, private or public? And I, I was, I said, private, please. I don't want anybody to see. And um, she looked on the calendar, and she said, there's no availability until two weeks from today. I said, no problem. I'll be back in two weeks. A week from that day, Dance with the Stars called. So serendipitous. I never went to that ballroom studio. I never learned one lesson. The first lesson I learned was on the show. And the first dance, ironically, we danced was the cha-cha. <laughs> Don't you know that, that that ballroom studio called me after I won Dancing with the Stars. And I, I said, hello. She said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, I don't know how to explain this one. But, um, you know, that's just another encounter, like, where I feel God sprinkles a little, um, you know, humor in my life and uh, some favor as well. Like, I got so many stories of just so serendipitous, how things just constantly happen by continuing to show up, continuing to, you know, pursue um, and be available. Uh, I yeah. think it's uh, huge for us to do as believers. There's no doubt about it. And Rashad, also author, I mentioned uh, the book, The If in Life, that is available uh, right now, bookstores all over the country. But I got to ask you about your new endeavor, and that is these uh, children's books that I guess you've released just recently uh, called The uh, Coin Slot Chronicles. I appreciate that. Yes, um, the yeah, the If in Life, it, it made a New York Times bestseller list, and I've it's in the title, the if in life. When you spell out the word life, L-I-F-E, I went to the heart of life and talked about it for 15 chapters. Um, I encourage people to please go get it. It's, it's for young adults and adults. Um, and then that opened up the door to continue to write now have a kid series out, which I'm super excited about. We're potentially turning that into a cartoon. I'm in uh, talks with networks now. And uh, I wanted to write a kid series because I, I, I struggled with a reading comprehensive deficit. And I know how important statistically it is uh, to be able to read for the success of a human. Um, 85% of people that have a third grade or above reading level are less likely to be incarcerated. And... That's a powerful number. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to give something for kids to enjoy reading, right? Like there is an addiction level, literally, with chips. And there's a science behind it with putting in the right amount of carbohydrates, fat, and sodium. The combination of those three, the taste, can actually make something addictive. It's science. And so they put so much effort into science on how to make food addictive, how to how to angle colors of restaurants, uh, to make it aesthetic for the eye to be attractive. Like it's so much that goes into it. And I decided to pour my energy into making reading addictive. And it's so inspiring to see kids flip to the next page, cannot wait to see what happens. And I did that because I know as a young boy, it's very difficult to get their attention. It was very difficult to get my attention, especially when it comes to reading. Are you kidding me? Um, And so this is something for teachers. I got a teacher's curriculum, too, that they can actually use it as a syllabus. Um, Teachers, parents can get involved. Um, I wanted to be in that space and kind of help who I was, essentially. And I think if we help who we were, the aftermath is helping millions. And so that's the reason why I started writing Kids series. Um, It competes with Harry Potter. It competes like Diary Wimpy Kid. It's in that world. It's in that space. Um, and I'm humbled by it. I'm really humbled by it. This is just funny. I'll share this. Like, <laughs> what, what trips me out to see, like, a kid dress up like Arcade Livingston, the character, for Halloween, and, you know, see the emails from parents saying that, you know, I, I saw my kid in the room reading for the first time ever wow. um, on his own. And, like, all this stuff... And I'm sitting back in awe uh, because I'm making all this up. Like, all of it's just made up. <laughs> like the, the if in life is real. It's my life. It's what I see. It's what happened. It's my experience. This is me setting down. Because it's easier still for me to get in touch with my 13-year-old self <laughs> than it is my 35. Hey, that ain't going to stop. I'm, I'm almost 60, Rashad, and that still happens to me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. But I'm I'm making this all up, and it's cool to watch people. You know, all the characters are made up. All, all the places are made up. All the adventures are made up. What he encounters are made up. Like, everything about it, I jokingly, like, obviously it's not a lie, but, like, a lie is the intent to deceit, but it's made up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then watching it turn into a cartoon and people appreciate something I'm making up. And then, and then that reminds me of what, that's what artists do. You know, you take music, you make it up, you make a sound, you make lyrics. And if, if people appreciate, that's what artists do. And so I appreciate the artistry of writing. Um, and now I'm taking that into film, taking that into other industries. And you know, if you call it fiction, it sounds, that's much more impressive. Right. But I, <laughs> it does. Like, yeah. Right, we can we we can give great soliloquies and you know bring out the dictionary all day to to make something politically sound amazing, or we can get right down to the heart of it. Yo, I'm just making up stuff people <laughs> like. 
Well, listen, it's a, it's a three-book series. The first book, Arcade and the Triple T Token, two other books in the series. So how, are you just writing them as they come, or there's a certain amount of books uh, in this series that you want to write? This one, I appreciate you asking that. This one is a four-book series. Okay. The fourth one just was completed and released. Um, you can pick them up on Amazon. You can pick them up on Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, anywhere that local books are sold. It actually is the number one uh, kids' books for it. Each one was this number one um, when it released, too, for kids' books on Amazon. And, um, yeah, or you can go to ArcadeLivingston.com. He has his own website. And also, <laughs> you can just simply, if you get lost in everything, my name is Rashad Jennings, and RashadJennings.com has and will filter you to any and everything that I do. Thank you so much. And uh, this is not going to be the last time I ever talk to Rashad Jennings, at least not from from, uh, lack of effort on my part, all right? All right. Sounds good. (laughs) I appreciate you. All right. Thank you. My thanks to Rashad Jennings for being a part of Suit Up. You can hear this interview as a podcast on Suit Up 611 and several other interviews with other people in sports. Thanks for listening, and please give us a five-star rating.